Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm Jim Rosari. Parents in Elkhart are fed up and frustrated with random shooting outside their doors. People living at Washington Gardens are scared. Scared of more gunfire and scared of getting in trouble if they speak up against a neighbor. Elkhart police are increasing their presence once again at the public housing complex along Chapman Avenue. Along with more patrol units, officers will have a substation in one of the vacant units as soon as next week. All of this to combat gun violence, but also to get to the root of what's causing it before the summer. Anytime the weather starts to get warmer, people are outside gathering. Um, there's obviously more of an increase with, with when you implement or when you introduce gunfire into um, an area where people are hanging out. One mother says she braces for gunfire when it gets warmer. She's lived there for the last five years and has never known a summer without it. The woman was outside on her porch when the shooting started. When I saw a smoke, it was coming from a gun. And then I I rushed in the house and um, to check on my son. And you could just hear more shooting and we just stayed upstairs. She says there were at least 30 gunshots. Elkhart police couldn't confirm or deny that or if it was targeted, but tell us that they made headway into the investigation. However, no arrests have been made. You should be safe where you live, you know, and I just don't understand. They have all these cameras and they should have someone looking at these and, you know, catching this stuff. The executive director for Elkhart Housing Authority says there's a total of 297 cameras across their properties. One of their biggest challenges is identifying where criminal activity originates. We don't know if it was caused from someone who doesn't even live in the community, they brought it to the community, or someone visiting one of the residents. Angelina is also encouraging residents to join a resident council since she says communities are only as safe as you make them. The Housing Authority also has an anonymous tip line of its own. WSBT's Paige Barnes reporting. Things will look different at South Bend schools next year when the clear backpack policy begins. Davion Lewis says initially students weren't too thrilled about the implementation, but after a while started to warm up to it. South Bend Community Schools earlier this month announced the decision to implement the clear backpacks in the fall. The Empowerment Zone has had it in place since last October. And while the original student reception wasn't positive, parents and staff were pleased. For parents, it was a lot easier for them to understand why we were making that decision. They were just, um, uh, they would have just preferred that that decision was made at the beginning of the school year. Staff were quickly on board, and for staff, it was more about the implementation. The zone provided every student with a clear backpack when the policy was enacted. Shamanica Bully is a parent of students at Empowerment Zone schools and South Bend schools. She's looking forward to all of her children having the clear bags. The kids with the clear book bag doesn't care as much as they come in and they put the book bags up. 
with the ones that have the loads, the bags, and you can't, you don't really know what's going on. Lewis tells me the initial implementation came with its struggles, including making sure the policy was enforced and also being cost conscious. We had to find the backpacks um, from a vendor who could get them to us um, quickly and also um, in a way that was cost effective, um, but also good quality, right? So you can get Claire backpacks on Amazon, but it might not necessarily be the best, the best quality. With South Bend schools just a few months away from having the policy throughout the corporation, Lewis says he's been in communication with them to help make the transition easier. I shared with them the lessons that we learned. Um, I shared with them some common pitfalls that they um, might want to consider. Bully gave me a resounding yes when I asked her if she and her children feel safer with this policy in place. WSBT's Leo Goldman reporting. Former Vice President Mike Pence spent part of Thursday in South Bend at the Career Academy. Students press former Vice President Pence on if a 2024 bid for the White House is in his future. Pence making it clear that no announcements would be coming today. Today's event comes on the heels of a CNN announcement this morning that a town hall will be hosted with the former vice president on June 7th. Pence has been positioning himself as a candidate for months and has said that he expects to make a decision by the end of June. While Pence stopped short of indicating what will be next for him, he spoke about what remains his priority. Whatever the future holds for me and my family, I'm, I'm always going to work to open doors to the American dream to every American, regardless of race or creed or color. Uh, that's the American vision. WSBT's Juliana Ferfari reporting. Plans for a new iteration of an electric vehicle battery plant have been approved by St. Joseph County. The possibility of a General Motors and Samsung venture coming to St. Joseph County has moved into its next phase without any delays or speed bumps from elected county officials. A new plan for an electric vehicle battery plant in New Carlisle. It's a much larger project financially and physically than what was passed last year when General Motors was teamed up with LG. Now with Samsung for this project, it would be a $3.5 billion investment, raise the average worker wage to $24 an hour, and cover 3 million square feet of land between two buildings. It would also produce a new multi-application EV battery compared to what was originally planned. The new plan also brings bigger tax breaks for the company. According to the South Bend Regional Chamber of Commerce, it's the richest tax incentive agreement in St. Joseph County history. This puts us in a good position for, Indi for GM to make that final decision. The plan passed unanimously from the Redevelopment Commission, the Board of Commissioners, and finally the County Council. Only one bill will return to a vote from the first two boards as the plan's wording was changed ahead of the County Council vote. The county's economic development director says it's a relief to have made it through the day smoothly. Uh, we're excited. We think this is a good step. I mean, our, our friends at GM, uh, I mean, are excited about where we are and, and where we're headed. While there was little comment from the crowd, one person did ask whether the average worker's wage is livable and if it would attract a worker base. Scalio says he and others on the project are confident the plan will be a success. I wouldn't build a $3.5 billion building if I didn't think I could find workers. These guys, General Motors doesn't have any concern. We believe that there's a lot of underemployed people, that this will open up the opportunity to employ those people. Scalio says he expects a decision from GM by the end of June. This would create a quick turnaround time for the automaker as it hopes to start construction by roughly October. WSBT's Anne Lurie reporting.
A new state law requires AEDs to be close by during school events, putting student safety as a top priority. From kindergarten through high school, this law will help make sure that necessary equipment for any cardiac events is nearby in case of emergency. The law was inspired by the death of Jake West in 2013 from sudden cardiac arrest during football practice in LaPorte. Since then, Jake's mom, Julie, has been on a mission to make sure what happened to her son doesn't happen to anyone else. The law states that the AED must be within three minutes of whatever event is taking place and that there's a specific emergency plan tailored to the venue. West says this process has been a long one, but one that's worth the end result so lives can potentially be saved. It's been all-consuming um, the past couple of years because my mind has always been on how are we going to make this happen. And so it was always, I was always thinking, what, who needs to be called? Who, need, who do we need to reach out to? And this was a team effort. There were quite a few of us that testified. And, um, you know, we all wanted to see this life-saving bill um, get passed. Jake's law goes into effect July 1st. WSBT's Leo Goldman reporting. Elected county officials are joining the cause to save Clay High School. What began as a small group of parents, staff, WSBT's and Lorie reporting. The, the St. Joseph County Clay Department of Health is, is making growing. progress on it's two big items that have been held Clay up, including finding a new health officer. Legal representation, and it's got a plan to keep the school open. Save Clay is now a corporation. That's just the beginning of its to-do list to keep Clay High School open. The South Bend Community School Corporation School Board voted 4-3 to three to close the building in April, despite an outcry from the community against it. This corporation, determined to keep that from happening, was joined by the school board members behind the votes to keep it Sunday at a membership drive in Granger. Mark Costello, Stuart Green, and Jeanette McCullough, all present for legal discussions as to what comes next. Attorney Peter J. Agostino says he's first looking for accountability for tax dollars spent on the district, including referendum money. We've submitted a number of requests already to the school corporation to get financial information so that we can find out for ourselves what happened to the money that came in from the referendum, who's getting paid what. We've asked for a claims register. That'll show that information. Augustino says any shot of keeping the school open without consent from SBCSC is slim. That's why the group is looking to get new faces on the school board with the next election. He also says it's important to keep in close contact with other elected officials, including County Councilwoman Amy Drake and County Commissioner Carl Baxmeyer, who were also at the meeting. Drake represents Clay Township and says people in her district are upset there won't be a neighborhood school. The school board oversees um, this whole project. So we're trying to figure out, is there some way that I, as a county council member, can contribute? And so that's how we've been working in the, in the background. Concerned taxpayers in the group say they won't stand to see Clay close. You know, one school board member, Current, said that buildings don't matter. You know, buildings don't matter, but neighborhoods matter. Peter Agostino, along with members of Safe Clay Incorporated, say they plan to attend the next school board meeting in June. WSBT's Paige Barnes reporting. A little more than one in ten. That's how many working-age Hoosiers live below the official poverty line. However, a new report from the Indiana Community Action Poverty Institute suggests that the number is realistically higher, nearly three in ten. The job posting is for a full-time health officer, but if push comes to shove, the health board will accept an interim one. However, the board's president says he doesn't want to keep repeating this search. It won't be an easy position to fill. The current interim health officer, Dr. Joseph Serban, started at the beginning of April. Early on, he voiced his intentions to only stay for four months. Board President John Lynn says the interview process will hopefully start in June with a recommendation in July. A lot of doctors don't want to do uh, this role, 
So some doctors want to practice on do practice on the side, so they want, they can do this part time and then continue to practice. Lynn says they're up against a hard deadline because Serbin won't serve past August. That's even if the board doesn't find his replacement or if the council doesn't approve them in time. He's very adamant that he will not. So he's got our feet to the fire on this. So we might have to do something else. This position is budgeted for up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars annually. That figure had to be approved by the county council. This comes as the council and health department have been struggling to work in tandem. On Tuesday, the council unanimously voted nine to zero to approve a health grant for more naloxone boxes, but it wasn't a smooth process. One Republican member claimed the grant's language was controversial. If you define equity in a political way, maybe, but I think what really happened was we had a vote five four originally, um, and it was Republicans versus Democrats. But I, I can considered it a pause. I think elected officials, if we're going to use terms, we need to be able to define them. Amy Drake says after speaking with Dr. Serban, it was clarified the word equity would specifically refer to everyone having equal access, rather than resources being redistributed. Despite the challenges, the health department is moving forward in applying for grants. Biggest takeaways: open and clear communication, um, really between um, all parties throughout. After the final approval steps this summer, people will begin seeing at least a dozen new Narcan dispensary boxes around the county. And though overdoses happen everywhere, the grant writer says they tend to happen more often in rural parts of the county. WSBT's Lynette Grant reporting. Artificial intelligence is rapidly growing in popularity and changing almost by the minute. Notre Dame professors say this technology is one that should be here to stay. But the good and bad news is how many things AI can be used for. Our nation's leaders quickly trying to get a handle on how to control this latest wave of future technology. Within the last week, a Senate subcommittee discussed regulating artificial intelligence. We definitely need regulation. We needed it yesterday, if not five years ago, uh, because this is all getting away from us too quickly. And uh, the real problem here is that there's nobody in governments who are who's really tasked with um, understanding the powerful ability to use AI as a weapon. Fellow Notre Dame professor Dr. John Behrens also has concerns, especially when it comes to people using this technology inappropriately. Now it's something anybody can just download or, or get access to and start using, and that's really going to cause some problems, and, and it is an area for concern for sure, and it might be an area for regulation. But amid those concerns, experts also feel AI technology potentially has many benefits as well. We can make press releases faster, we can make uh, images that we might use for marketing faster, we can even make marketing copy faster. But we also see some of that productivity perhaps in education where we might have intelligent tutors that can help uh, with the instruction. Dr. Shirk says she's already found ways to incorporate AI into her teaching. We're using, you know, evidence evidence-based communication tactics for for good communication to say what what do you see when you see something on social media that's false or hateful? Um, how do you respond to that? So we're building an AI tool which generates a bunch of different answers to, or responses for people to use. Dr. Barron says he puts a level of change associated with AI similar to the development of the internet back in the 90s. WSBT's Leo Goldman reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT.
everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 